0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. Where we're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe.
0: Hello and welcome to the Holocron Histories Podcast, where we talk about Star Wars canon versus legends. There's a lot of legends material, there's a lot of canon, and it's hard to keep track. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I, fun fact, remember playing, getting the Force Unleashed 2 and the at GameStop. And the employee there shamed me for buying Force Unleashed 2 because he said it was a crap game and didn't add anything to the
1: Star Wars world. What? Okay, that's, that's, I don't even know how to respond to that. Uh, I'm your other host, <laughs> Ben of Tamaria, and I feel like for being an ex-GameStop employee and manager, that is frowned upon, and no, that is a false statement. <laughs> that is terrible, and, and yes. like
0: it colored my opinion going into the game. Um, because I remember playing that and being like, "Oh, this is weird." I didn't like that you had to like when you found a color crystal.
1: Like, um, No, no, you're breaking up. Oh, crap,
0: am I? How am I
1: still? Oh, you're good now.
0: Okay, so yeah, so like there's just all this cult. Like there were things that I like probably cared more about because this guy said it was a terrible game. But, and like, is it as good as Force Unleashed, the original? I don't think so, but it's a solid game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's two is as good as one, but I would say two is as much fun as one because mm-hmm. you have two sabers and hacking the slash and dealing is double the damage as you did in the first one.
0: Yes, because Starkiller was in fact our first dual wielding backhanded saber.
1: Yes. Yup. This is true. So, uh, to start where we left off last week. Last week we ended with his time on Felucia with Star Killer. So now we get to the big pivotal moment in the entire story of the game. And that is the betrayal and then his new mission. So Star Killer had a suppressed smile as he strode into Darth Vader's chambers. Beyond the viewport, a fleet of Imperial Star Destroyers clustered around the incomplete executor, uh the Emperor's flagship. When Vader informed him as much, Starkiller assumed that Vader had lured the Emperor to them to ask them what they would strike. Vader corrected him. Palpatine's presence has not been requested. His spies had followed Starkiller there. So, yeah, that's not a good start. And then with that, uh, Vader ignited his lightsaber through his shocked pupil's adamant. Uh, just as the Emperor, communicating via proxy, entered the room, Palpatine declared that Vader had forgotten his place and taking on Starkiller as apprentice would have been an act of tre- treachery. The Emperor demanded Starkiller's death, and after a moment of hesitation, Vader complied, ignoring Starkiller's pleas. The apprentice was thrashed about the chamber and smashed through the viewport to the vacuum of space, much, uh, much to Palpatine's sadistic delight. Yeah, um, I mean, if playing this for the first time and knowing Star Wars, you kind of can see where this was going when you stepped in the foot of the room. But, you know, if you weren't, like, huge into Star Wars and started playing this game, you had no idea that was going to happen.
0: Yeah, I remember that. Um, So I recently started playing this. The switch port from the Wii, and I did not realize that the Wii's version of this game is a different game from the other two consoles. Like the map, the maps are different. The way you like interact with the rogue shadow is different. There's so much that is just different.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so fun fact. I actually played Force Unleashed on the Wii originally before I even played it on my 360. And uh, playing both versions, yeah, the Wii version was significantly different surprisingly. They had to added a few different Force powers uh, due to the Wii controls and to make it more immersive. And they added like mm-hmm. the weird like the two player uh, combat arena that you could play if you wanted to do like a two player thing. Mm-hmm. and yeah I think there was some like s- some difference in like some of the missions as in how they laid out I believe I can't oh, remember the, the map thing. the
0: maps are totally different like when you go to Vader or on Kashuk it is like nighttime and on consoles you go during the daytime mm-hmm. and like even your fight and I actually find the switch and Wii port harder because The quick time events aren't as instinctual to me because there's no colors associated with the switch buttons.
1: Right. That's fair.
0: And you know, I just see, oh, you know, B is red, Mm -hmm. A is green, X is blue, and Y is yellow. And forever I will associate that color pattern just because I've been playing Xbox since 2003. And so... Yeah. But (laughs) it was just interesting that like the game they basically made an entirely different game with a similar like story and scenes, but like the assets they used for the missions and even how your force powers work is so different. And it's I guess it's because of like the joy the original like Wii controller wasn't out yet. So you're still using the motion controls and sticks.
1: Yep. It was still motion control, the Wii Remote and nunchuck and yeah i'm pretty sure at the time i don't know if the the classic remote was out yet or not but all the wii game i mean all the wii games prioritized the motion controls because that's what the console was based around Mm -hmm. um for star wars it actually felt good compared to the um zelda game that they had um which one was that? Um Oh, it's with Young Link. Yeah, it's um Wind Waker. No, not that one. That's Toon Link. Uh, that's Absolutely. game that was GameCube. Oh, shoot. Skyward but they Sword. Cuz rematch- Skyward uh, Skyward Sword. 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 those controls are complete crap.
0: Well, and it's interesting cuz then they introduced the like Wii U. Mm-hmm. And I remember that because I can't remember which game it was, but they, like, introduced the Wii U, and then they released one of the Pokemon games for, like, the two, the 3DS, and, like, you had a Wii U in your room, when you were mm-hmm. waking up. I can't... I think that might have been uh, sorted. No, it would uh, sure. uh, have been black and white. Black and white. And maybe even Ultra, or just basic Sun and Moon. Mm
1: maybe no no no
0: it's um I remember where I saw it it was alpha alpha ruby and uh or omega ruby alpha sapphire
1: okay well we're getting off topic with pokemon (laughs) but anyway so
0: my whole point was that is that this scene and the following mission that you play on console doesn't exist in the switch version Mm -hmm. the scene does like where vader betrays you and throws you out but like the scene where you get repaired and you escape and you save Juno, like it's not in the weak game.
1: Yep. So while Starkiller was unconscious, his body was collected from the vacuum by Vader's droids and brought to the dark Lord science vessel, the empirical, Uh, While Starkiller's body was rebuilt, he remained unconscious, believing himself dead as an experienced multitude of visions and memories. When he finally awoke, he was revealed for the end of the visions, but he screamed when he realized the nature of his uh, circumstances. He was restrained in a laboratory table with Darth Vader standing above him. Starkiller accused Vader to, of trying to kill him, but Vader told him that his execution, quote unquote, was Palpatine's demand, which forced the Sith Lord's hand. Starkiller was presented with the option of re entering Darth Vader's service, with the insurance that if he refused, he and all witnesses would be destroyed in the laboratory's self destruction. With no other option, Starkiller grudgingly accepted, and Vader released his apprentice restraints. Vader made clear that Starkiller would have raised an army to oppose the Emperor, an alliance of rebels, and dissidents. Uh, Vader gave Starkiller free range on how to pursue his objective, leaving only the order that was to sever all ties to his past, save proxy, to ensure no one would find out he served Vader with the final assurance with. Uh, that the dark side was always with Starkiller Vader cut his transmission revealing that he was communicating via proxy assuring her uh that he would be leaving the empire behind thus keeping her in the dark about his continued allegiance to Vader Starkiller brought her along continue working as his pilot and this is about you Jun- uh Juno mm-hmm. so you know can't lie. Uh, has he has to lie to uh, the girl he uh, is infatuated with? So, you know, that's it, that's a great thing to do. <laughs> and then now we get to Cloud City. So Starkiller searched for Rom Kota, took him across the galaxy, from the Jedi's last sighting on Nar Shaddaa to the ancient Sith world Z- Zyost. Uh finally discovering Coda's Latest location on Bespin. Ramkota After his defeat. The tide, uh, blinding by Starkiller. Had fallen to depression. Resorting to alcoholism. To drown his sorrows. And. Quick thing here. Ziost. I don't remember. I completely forgot. Ziost made an appearance in this game. Because this is the. Um, planet that you go to during the fall of the, or, um oh it's the two major expansions they did for Star Wars The Old Republic the um Nights of the Fallen Empire and Nights of the Fallen Throne this is like the main planet that that empire is based on and that Vishia is control over
0: yeah um And Zyost makes a um, appearance in Legends a lot, um, especially in the post-ROTJ world. And it's a dark, dark place. Like, even this, like, I'm surprised they put Zyost in this game that would have been rated T.
1: Right. Yep. Um, and then the, for the first time, Starkiller actively engaged the Empire as an enemy rather than merely killing off uh, possible witnesses. While Coda dived under a table, Starkiller drew his saber and attacked, uh, making the heavily armed and armored Uggernauts a priority. He disabled one with telekinesis and overloaded the other's electrical systems, killing the pilot and scattering the stormtroopers. Starkiller found himself hammered. Uh, hampered by the need to avoid hammering innocent bystanders or harming innocent bystanders, sorry, if only to keep up with his Jedi masquerade, though he still intended to use his original landing site to extract Coda. Coda was unimpressed by Starkiller's victory, feeling that he didn't know didn't even begin to dent Palpatine's infinite army. However, after Starkiller appeared uphe- Appeal to his warrior sense of honor, Coda agreed to join him, revealing that he had contact with the Imperial Senate, who could use Starkiller's lightsaber due to his eagerness to kill stormtroopers. Shortly after rescuing Coda, Starkiller began feeling drawn to the Jedi Temple, thus causing him to return to Coruscant for a third time. And this is where we get to the Trial of Spirit. So, Starkiller's final scorn to the Jedi Temple began much the same as the previous visits, though this time he, uh, the security attacked him immediately upon arri- arrival, rather than calling for his surrender. Despite the garrison now further reinforced by the presence of the Imperial Jump Troopers, the Apprentice still had little difficulty in cutting them down. Clearing out the rebel at the rear of the main entrance hall, Killer discovered a lower level tunnel, following it all... All the while taking out any imperils in his path, he reached the elevator platform. The elevator ascended to, to- uh, one of the top towers in the Jedi Temple, bringing Starkiller into the old Jedi Council chamber. Once there, he found Darth Vader in a battle with the Jedi unknown to him. It was the vision of Darth Vader's duel with Kinto Merrick. Though this time Kinto was victorious, unaware of the nature of the battle, and ignorant to the Jedi's identity, Starkiller leapt to his master's aid. The Jedi attempted to dissuade Starkiller from intervening, encouraging him to turn away from the dark side of the Force, but Starkiller countered that the dark side was all that he had had. Uh, the Jedi fought with eff- efficiency, but ultimately unable to hold his own against Starkiller's new raw power. As the Jedi lay dying, he apologized to Starkiller before vanishing, and only then did Starkiller realize that the mysterious Jedi was his father. Yeah, this was a pretty emotional blow to Starkiller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And looking for more information on his father, Starkiller had the rogue uh, Shadow Ferium to one of the other temple spires, which entered the way of the external landing platform. Starkiller brutally fla- fought his way through the Imperial Garrison, as well as the temple's own uh, derelict security systems, before finding the Holocron Vault. Approaching the main holocron, he activated a message left by his father, who stated that Starkiller's destiny was indeed in his own hands, and that he had to complete the Jedi Trials once and for all. Starkiller then fell into another Force vision, in which he had forced to navigate the labyrinth of his own mind before, entering into a confrontation with a dark Spectre, and a brutal lightsaber duel, Starkiller managed to knock off the specter's helmet, thus revealing the face underneath to be his own, pale and twisted to the deep immersion into the dark side.
0: Yeah, it... This is so interesting because you don't get any of this in... the, um... The console versions. Like this whole fight with Kenta with Kento Spectre, this whole encounter with his own version of the dark side isn't in the console versions. You get something that's like the temp Jedi Temple DLC mm-hmm. that can be in there that is a little similar, but not really. And like this is just big in the moment of like which confronting this.
1: Was this in the Wii version? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Because uh-huh. I remember, was... I remember this playing through this, and I couldn't remember which platform I was playing it on. Yeah, because
0: what you get in the console version is, and we'll talk. We're about to get into this. Is you escape Vader, you go to Bespin to get Coda, and then he sends you to Kashik to get Leia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that, and there, when you go to Kashik, you he encounters and does oh hut. that's right yeah you and, it
1: has a, and that's where you had that vision they yeah. instead of the, the one earlier
0: Hmm. and so but i kind
1: of like this better
0: especially like the emphasis on that like star killer goes through his own version of the trials of the jedi which we only really allude to in canon, and like we got mentioned the first time we really I remember hearing mention of the Trials of the Jedi are in the original Clone Wars cartoon,
1: right? Yeah, and also with this, um, all this info is yes, it's from the games, but they it is also from the novelization of the games because they did do a novelization of Force Unleashed 1 and 2 with and it's weird because now like looking at back on it it's like the Wii port and the Wii version specifically was more in line with the book than the actual like Xbox and PlayStation versions of the game
0: mm-hmm. and i think that has to do with like just the technology that existed at mm-hmm. the time like and that they were trying to make this game that was like Really kind of, I feel like building off of the original Revenge of the Sith game and like the old original like Xbox uh, Lord of the Rings games.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Really kind of building off of those, like you've got those levels and you're building up your different stuff and your abilities and you walk around and it's like half side scroller, half 3d platform half whatever right and, and so i nice. think a, a lot of what they were doing was let's maxim- maximize that style of gameplay. but i think as we're going to talk about when you get to the second the second force unleashed book it pretty much follows what the game laid out to
1: right yeah, yeah so um So, however, as Starkiller regained his senses within the Holocron Vault, he saw that his his left hand had taken the, on the clawed and implicated appearance of the warrior's arm, who intoned that Starkiller would never escape him. So, upon his return to the Rogue Shadow, Starkiller sat down with Coda and attempted to discuss the events within the temple, though Coda quickly ended the conversation by asserting that it is none of his business. So, now we have him going back to Kashyyyk. So, in his much-reduced state, Ramkota provided to be a valuable ally, communicating with the contact and providing him with another destination, Kashik, With the assurance that it would be revealed to his contact uh, wanted, he would provide them with further help. Entering the guest quarters, he found himself facing Princess Lairgana in the scene that precisely matched one with the visions, while on the... Imp- uh, Emperor Leia was intentionally under the impression that Starkiller was an assassin for Emperor Palpatine and dismissed his assertions that he was here with Ram Koda, believing that Koda had died above Nar Shaddaa. As Starkiller made his way through the ravaged undergrowth cleared by the Imperials, he forced a uh, dilapidated old hut uh, permitted by the great darkness of, in the forest. Despite the ejections of Koda, Starkiller entered the ruin within Uh, He found the evidence of a lightsaber duel in the form of burned slashes, uh, slash marks on the walls. His search also included the discovery of a small blue crystal on the floor. As he rose, he suddenly caught the throes of a violent force vision. He witnessed the murder of his father, as well as his own abduction from his home by Darth Vader. Starkiller exited the hut. Uh, he changed man, his newfound knowledge of his origin shocked him to the core, arriving at the groundside morning of for the skyhook, Starkiller plowed his way through the imperial security and fortifications. Uh, approaching the first of the sixth mornings, Starkiller resonated with the structure, probing his strengths and weaknesses before channeling massive amounts of force energy into the structure. And despite the success, Starkiller was furious at Coda for vagueness with her holding of information and confronted the former Jedi General about it. Coda revealed that his contact indeed was Imperial Senator Bail Organa, who had tried to recruit Coda to rescue his daughter. Coda had refused, so Bail went in search for Shakti. As Coda revealed that this, Starkiller accidentally let slip that he knew Shakti had been on Felucia, almost given away, given himself away. Though he managed to cover it up by claiming that Coda's thoughts were simply easy to read, Starkiller retreated into seclusion. Afterwards, this approach by Juno, he refrained from opening it up to her, but looked over piling duties for the trip to Felucia so she could she could rest. And uh, now we do get his second trip back to Felucia. So, during the trip to Felucia, Starkiller researched Bail Organa and found himself struck by how familiar he seemed, though he wasn't sure if he had ever crossed paths before. Upon arrival, Starkiller drew on his experience of Vader's Assassin and found Bail Organa's landing site by searching for his ship's central transponder code. As Starkiller trekked through the Felucian jungle, he found the world's Balance had shifted towards the dark side in the wake of the Shakti's death, though Starkiller was surprised by how uncom- uncomfortable it made him feel. As it made the- his way deeper into the jungle, Starkiller was attacked by a plethora of predators, and now unrestrained volutions fought him every step of the way. After finding the senator, Starkiller freed him and explained that he had come to Felucia with Ramkota as an ally. Organa informed him of Shakti's former apprentice, Maris Brood, who had since gone mad and fallen to the dark side, leading the Felucians and keeping Organa in hopes of tracing him, trading him for the Imperials in exchange for leniency. Before they could escape, Brood arrived with her "quote unquote" pet, Bull Rancor, in tow. Starkiller was trucked Struck by recognition, as he had seen her in the vision as well, demanding that she stand aside. Starkiller had instead set upon by the bull Rancor, and this thing was massive. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing this thing, and I was like, "Oh, I thought Rancors were bad. <laughs> Normal ones were bad. This is like it's like two times the size, and like three times scarier."
0: Yeah, I remember this, um, and I remember playing it, and, like, it was so massive, especially, like, on consoles and going in there that, like, even though I was playing on, like, an Xbox 360, and it was, like, a good one there, there was still, like, latency in there just at the sheer size Mm -hmm. of rendering that they were trying to do on the Bullringer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So beaten, exhausted, Brood surrendered, promising to turn away from the dark side in exchange for mercy. Starkiller was skeptical about the, her serenity, seeing that her talents and skills were poisoned, inwardly focused toward survival. He considered her not worthy of the dark side. However, he relented, though uh, he refused to transport her off planet, and she fled the scene. Brailogana disapproved of letting her go, as she she reminded him too much of another fallen Jedi he had known. Starkiller asserted that she wasn't truly free and she would always carry the memories of her actions with her. Starkiller then broached the subject of revolution through Organa asked to speak with Coda directly about the matter first. And obviously, this is uh, Bale literally reminiscing of Anakin's fall to the dark side.
0: Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because he's like the only... Really, the only one outside of Yoda and Obi Wan that act and Palpatine that really know that Anakin is Darth Vader.
1: Yeah, he's one of the select few. Well, I would assume Brea or Ghana knows. I would imagine. I would imagine his wife would probably know. <laughs> So Starkiller had return, Juno retrieve Organa and him directly from the Rancor graveyard, barely avoiding a hordes of scavengers equal to devour the Bull Rancor's corpse. Meeting with Dakota, uh, Organa asserted the, that open rebellion was too dangerous at the moment and that only any potential members would be shown uh, that the, the Empire was vulnerable. Starkiller agreed to meditate on how to best find an appropriate target. Which that leads us to his second visit to Raxus Prime, which now has been imperialized. Which, if you didn't like Raxus Prime the first time, you definitely don't like it now. This is the thing about this, and like, it's
0: so like breathtaking when you go and revisit all these worlds because it's like, oh. Starkiller's direct actions caused all of this yep
1: yeah you yeah your first like the first half of the game you're literally going through these planets and it's like you know just doing what you're told doing like what you're supposed to be like as a sith apprentice and then your second half of the game when you're actually like trying to have a redemption and you then go back to these planets It's like oh oh I messed up <laughs> It's like, this is bad. I <laughs> screwed. Now, yeah. I will say Kashyyyk's not his problem because he never went to Kashyyyk. Right. That is a full-on Imperial thing in general. But all the other planets, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Juno and Proxy uh, con- uh, conceived the plan to attack the... Uh, for destroying the Star Destroyer shipyard on the surface of Raxus Prime with colossal iron... Uh, or cannon used to fire raw materials into low orbit for retrieval and use within the shipyard. Starkiller would simply commandeer the cannon and fire it directly uh, at the shipyard, destroying it in the process. One of the star destroyers survived the ex- uh, explosion began plumbing towards the surface of Raxus prime directly at the ore cannon. Unable to clear in time, Star Killer was advised by Coda to do something that even he judged to be insane telekinetically pulled the Star Destroyer out of the sky into a controlled crash. Which, by the way, is one of the most epic things you will do in this game. And will show how powerful Star Killer is truly in the Force. Well, game-wise, anyway. Well, hey, no, he does this in the books. He still does this in the books. Um, So, in... Initially, considering the idea impossible, Starkiller ultimately opted to attempt it when he reminded that, compared to the Force, size and mass meant nothing. Focusing entirely on the cruiser, Starkiller began to adjust its uh, flight path. He had corrected in initial initial changes, as he didn't want it to tumble or break apart. As Starkiller pulled the destroyer down, he began to panic at the scale of his action, started to overwhelm him, and he tried invoking his childhood name, Galen. However, this produced no answers so we instead did it uh, for Eclipse. The Star Destroyer smashed into the surface just short of the ore cannon, spreading an initial tsunami of junk across the surrounding area. The Destroyer continued to skid across the surface towards the cannon, despite Starkiller's attempts to break it, and Starkiller leapt off the cannon deck as the starship crashed into it.
0: Yeah, I just want to... Reiterate, I think I said this last so episode, but in the console version, this is not easy to do. Like, no. <laughs> Just you've got TIE fighters shooting at you. You've got to get like the you've got to get like the joysticks just right, which if you remember the original Xbox 360 controllers, they had bad, bad uh, drift. Mm hmm they could get really really bad drift and so there's just all kinds of stuff that I found difficult about it and then and that whole time Koda's just screaming at you with like Koda's voice of like reach out with the force and grip that destroyer and I'm like I'm
1: trying <laughs> yeah it was It's a, it was very irritating and very uh, frustrating Right, I will say I mean
0: I think the force tears from Jedi Survivor are the only thing that really rival it for me in
1: Star Wars games. That's fair. because Some of those force tears are absolutely dreadful. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. But uh, and I can't remember. Remind me if this is true. I can't remember. Is this also? I believe this is also the time where Proxy tries to kill Starkiller as well, right? Yes. Okay. And, and he takes it's where their- he
0: were. Former Dark
1: Mall. Yeah, it takes the former Mall where it's like I even hid this program from you. You don't know how to beat this one. No. Kind of. A thing. And he does. And he beats him because Star wipes color. the floor with Mall. Yep. So uh, at this point, though, we are going to take a quick mid break and be right back. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs>
0: Well, welcome to the middle of the show, where we take time to thank our patrons. Thank you for your support, patrons, and all that you do. We will have our patron chat next week. And so you can, next Tuesday, you can sign up between now and then and come on that chat with us. I'm sure we will talk about a bunch of things. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we will talk about something. And you can come and join that with us by signing up on Patreon at holocronhistories.com. No, Holocron Histories. You can go to patreon.com slash holocron histories and find a link there for that. Um yeah. And you can support us there. You can also leave us ratings and reviews. We love reviews and five star reviews over here and Spotify comments. So if you want to leave us a kind comment or a five star review with some kind words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. I don't believe we have any, I didn't see any reviews to reach today
1: we don't have reviews but oh and we do not have any uh spotify either
0: all right well you know we could use some to come and hang out and say some nice things if you really like this show this is a great way to support us to let other people know what kind of show we put on and that this is a good show and a good Star Wars, a place to be. Other than that, um, you can come hang out with us on Discord. We got three Discord servers that we're on, plus some um, plus three Discord servers that are devoted to our shows. Um, the Cubs Podcasting and more Discord server. Ben and Friends Podcasting, Discord server, and the Robots Radio Network, Discord server. You can find all those links. You can come hang out with us. Join all three. Join just one. Join all three or join none. But you can come. If you do join, you can hang out with us. And then lastly, we go live every week on Tuesdays. We are live on Twitch at Ben of Tamaria slash uh, twitch.tv slash Ben of Tamaria. You can hang out with us live there every week. And just it'll be a lot of fun. And Ben is on his way to the path of affiliate and he has crossed that 50 follower threshold. And so...
1: We need to start averaging some viewers to get us to that affiliate route. Yes. Please, please help me out because once I become affiliate, then you can subscribe and then I could do really cool streams to where um I know I think it's this weekend, this upcoming weekend, uh Robot, Ro- uh Tom and Lotus and um is it Arcaneer? Arc arc from uh tales of tamarau they're doing their um uh charity stream for uh extra life oh and if i become a failure i can finally do stuff like that too so please go help me out because i want to be a contributor to all the different charities and help me you know make this somewhat full-time ish yeah i try <laughs> that's the dream the dream
0: yes the dream is to not have to work that's the dream
1: or not have to work a place where it feels like work mm, this yeah. doesn't feel like work so
0: that's true All right well I think that's all I have for the middle of the show um other than that you can come and hang out with us um if you are a Dragon age fan, And by the time you are listening to this, it'll be Dragon Age Day will be about two weeks away. Uh, We are going to host a giveaway for Dragon Age Day, which is on December 4th. Because DA4 or, you know, a 4 kind of looks like an A sometimes. So you got DA. Um, So, but you can come and hang out with us. I will be streaming a little bit on that day of Dragon Age stuff. Probably some Inquisition. Maybe if everyone really begs I might finish my Awakening playthrough You haven't finished Awakening? No oh, Awakening's um, so good But you can come And be all there on on Maybe on X We're kind of not as active On Twitter, X, whatever it's called Anymore, but you can join our Discord The Cubs Podcast Anymore And find all that information Of the giveaway that's coming up But we're giving away some awesome, awesome stuff so, yeah, come check that out.
1: That's awesome. And uh, check out the also the episode on the Dragon Age Lorecast on Dragon Age Day, because not only will you find uh, Austin there, but I will be on there as well, and amongst other hosts uh, and other peep- great people talking about elves.
0: Yeah, see, all we have to do now is get Shelby to come and guest on Holocron, and then all of the...
1: Host we're, on, which,
0: on yeah, we're on all on, yeah, because you've been you've been over on Assassin's Creed. We all and now we'll be Dragon Age. I think you've been on Dragon Age for other reasons too. I can't remember. Mm-mm, that was um, the first time. Oh, it's the first time. All right, and then obviously we do this. But now it is not true. I used to say this is the only podcast where you can find both of us on the same episode. But that's not true anymore because you can find us on the upcoming episode of the Dragon Age lorecast on our Ezio deep dive on the Assassin's Creed lorecast and on the KOTOR overview episode of the Two Girls One Ship.
1: Yep. So bunch of fun but um, I have nothing else to add. Nope. Alright, let's get back to more Starkiller. <laughs> and we are back from the mid-break and now we get... Uh, star killer galen marix returned to cloud city which this is pretty pretty straightforward pretty quick um so with this successful destruction of the des- uh, star destroyer shipyard world of uh revolution was beginning to spread romco manage, she set up the meeting with uh, garma bell Elbus of Corellia on cloud city bell elbis was a firebrand in the senate who absolutely opposed to Emperor Palpatine in his new order and thus he wished they discuss the alliance with Starkiller and then now we get to the final betrayal so this is kind of where it sets in stone for uh, Starkiller so, Bail Organa informed Starkiller that he, Garm, Elbus, and Monmatha were conducting a series of meetings at the Contham house on Coruscant. The meetings were apparently going well, though Starkiller noted that the involvement of the two noted residents' leaders raised the stakes dangerously. When they received word from Organa, they traveled to Corella to meet him and the other leaders. The meeting came to a swift conclusion, already establishing the command structure of the Alliance to restore the Republic. Bail Organa's wealth would fund the Rebellion. Garnbel Ilbus would provide the military hardware and Mon the soldiery. Starkiller would be the ultimate leader and figurehead. His involvement providing the power of the Force. Rom then appeared sober and cleaned up, declaring that he would join as well. If he was welcome, Bellorgana finalized the Karelian Treaty and the rebellion was officially declared against the Empire. And seeing Ramkota like cleaned up and like walking through like this is like, oh, you mean business finally. It's about time. <laughs> so I don't remember if
0: you did this, but I'm sure you did. But when you got the commander outfit in Jedi Survivor mm. and the top bun haircut you could make yourself look Ye- like Rom
1: Koda. Yeah, it, it was great. Go play um, Jedi Survivor because the amount of different customization options they added in the game for you to look like Legends characters is unreal. It's pretty- Yeah, it's pretty
0: I mean you can make yourself look like Luke. You can make yourself look like Anakin. You can make yourself look like uh, maybe a little bit of Kenobi. And... Kyle Katarn. Kyle Katarn. Dash Rendar. Like, it's... It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, And it is nominated for a couple game awards, too. Um, It's nominated for Best Action Adventure. And... uh, Cameron, I can never pronounce his last name, but the voice actor. And kind of Monahan is nominated for best performance Ooh, okay so if you love that game head over and vote for those things because the game awards are based on the
1: players so it's based mm-hmm. on
0: our community on what we vote for
1: and side tangent here we all know what's really going to win the majority of these awards mm-hmm. just from popularity and when it released so <laughs> it's Cool, and it's also kind of sad because it doesn't give any of the other games the great recognition they deserve, right? Like, Starfield
0: is up there on Best RPG, um, but it's also up against
1: Baldur's, Baldur's Gate, Gate, which bo- it's not, and Baldur's Gate is in most of almost, if not all, the categories,
0: right? And like, I'm super happy. I want diver, I don't like typically like it when one game sweeps every category. But Larian is not a AAA studio, and is undersourced, and have made an amazing game. And so, if they do win, they deserve it. But oh, if you want to, if you want to see, if you like Jedi Survivor, and
1: you wanted to get it some votes, go over to the Game Awards and vote for it in its categories. Absolutely. Um, and then back on topic. So, just at the moment, the Mountaintop Temple. ...ruin they were using as the meeting place was attacked by the Imperial military. As Imperial Stormtroopers burst into the chamber, Organa ordered Proxy to cut uh, layer Organa's communication to hide her involvement. Darth Vader marched into the chamber, ordering his troopers to take the Rebels alive for personal execution by the Emperor. Starkiller quickly deduced that the very beginning referred to the start of the apprentice- apprenticeship, and thus he realized that his entire life had been a sham and that Vader never intended to destroy the Emperor... Darth Vader confirmed this, though he added that he didn't intend to dethrone the Emperor with Starkiller specifically. And then, although he survived the fall, Starkiller unconscious in the snow for some time. When Juno had uh, escaped the Imperials, arrived aboard the Rogue Shadow to find him. Starkiller had regained consciousness, though he was still weak. When Juno came out to help him aboard, he revealed his birth name to her. And this is where we get the um, famous meme and awesome clip and um, a line from Vader and Starkiller. And it's like, you agreed to stay away. He's like, I've lied, lied. since the very beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we get that. So Yeah. Um, also,
0: his Jedi outfit the Jedi not the ceremonial robes but the one that he wears on the Death Star is one of my favorite Jedi outfits it's like the black and gray kind of thing and it's it's kind of similar to the tunic but it's got very like flowy robes it reminds me of like an Assassin's Creed style robe
1: oh yeah yeah it's like a like a dark a dark cream white and like Mm -hmm. gray yeah yeah, those robes are great. I like that a lot. Hmm. Also, so, this is unrelated,
0: but what color crystal did you use the most with
1: Killer? So going through the game, it was like red because, you know, his Sith. And then when I got towards like my first time playing, like going through the later half of the game, he's like, you know, what, I'm going to switch to blue because this seems more appropriate and then i just stuck with blue
0: blue is my so favorite lightsaber I, color yeah
1: i enjoy blue
0: green is mine um but i really we get this is one of the first games where we get the unstable lightsaber crystal true um and so you could use that um which was fun like understanding like you could have variations of like how your blade appeared Mm -hmm. Um, Which if you didn't know, that's why Kylo Ren's lightsaber is all wonky because he has a cracked kyber crystal and it's unstable.
1: Yep. And that's why he has side vents because it uh, discharges the excess energy the crystal is creating Mm -hmm. from the unstableness. So now we get to where Starkiller gets so frustrated and angry with his entire time with the empire and vader now he's going under uh infiltrating the death star itself so rejecting the codename star killer darth vader's former apprentice reclaimed his birth name galen merrick and for the first time considered himself as a jedi opting to save the rebel alliance by tracking down both vader and the senators galen entered into the deep meditation in an attempt to provoke a force vision As he charged along the corridor towards the observation dome, he uh, was spied by the security systems. Darth Vader emerged through the entrance of the dome. Lightsaber ignited. Vader acknowledged that he had trained his student well, but declared that Galen still had much to learn, though Galen countered that Vader had nothing left to teach him. Galen realized that until his duel, he and Vader were... were had never truly fought as equals. During his training, neither Galen would uh, capulate or Vader would hold back. And as Galen approached his former master, intending to finish him, he saw Vader's face uncovered for the first time. Vader, much to his shock, was surprised of Galen, was a terribly scarred old man whose eyes Galen saw only pain and exhaustion. Yeah, um yeah because vader at this time is like he's anakin is in like his what 40s i think mm-hmm. and even though like yes 40s is like 40 is not old but due to his um, condition to lava kind of like destroyed that <laughs> he has a bad temperature regulation yeah, here we go. <laughs> so, um, and then now, sadly, we get to Starkiller's death. So, tossing is comlink kind of to the rebels so they could call Juno for evac. Galen advanced on the prone. Emperor uh, Darth Sidious rose to his knees, declared that he it was Galen's destiny to destroy him, but giving into his hatred, Galen initially struggled with the urge to do so, but repented in the end, extinguishing his lightsaber. Overcoming the pain just enough to absorb and gather the energy, Galen advanced on the Emperor as the two remained locked lock in the chain of lightning. At the same time, he noticed that a squadron of stormtroopers had entered the chamber. With Darth Vader limping behind them, he pursued of the fleeing rebels' leaders with no other option left. Galen grabbed the Emperor's shoulders and redirected the lightning into the Dark Lord. Causing Palpatine to share in the agonizing pain of his own power, driven by concern for his friends, Galen embraced the Force completely and released all that had pent-up energy, resulting in a massive shockwave that killed the stormtroopers and destroyed much of the dome. In the last moments of his life, Galen felt himself leaving his body as death took hold of him. With his final thought centered on Juno Eclipse, Galen Merrick whispered his uh, birth name for the last time and died. Although ultimately he perished as a result of the explosion of Force energy, he transcended physical existence and became one with the Force. Yeah, um, this scene was epic, um, and you know, also, this is one of the first few Star Wars games where you play from the get-go, and then at the end, you die! Like, I was not yeah. expecting this ending for the light but at all. Because canonically, the lightside ending is the canonical ending. And Galen dies. He sacrifices well, and, himself for the greater good.
0: And it just comes back to, like, this point of storytelling of you've been this so powerful person and you have defeated Vader. And it really just shows the power of Palpatine that, like, even probably Luke would not have survived had not Vader turned and redeemed himself and assisted Luke in throwing the Emperor Palpatine into the shaft. Like, this was a moment of showing, like, no, it is Luke and Vader who are destined to destroy this Emperor. Yes, this is sad and this is tragic, but this is the destiny of the Force. And Galen Merrick plays his part. In setting up that destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not... It's not what is supposed to happen.
1: Right. So, we do now get to his martyr. So, Princess Leia proposed that the rebels used the Mark family crest as a symbol of hope to rally behind and which all agreed. The rebel alliance as well as the New Republic, its uh, sexer states, and the new Jedi Order would use his crest and variants of it, ever to the next century. Uh, Juno asked Coda if he knew the man who created the Alliance was the same one who tried to kill him less than a year earlier. Coda revealed that he had always known and still agreed to help. He explained that despite all the dark thoughts and filled the Sith assassin's mind, Coda was able to glimpse at one bright thing that Gillen held uh, held on to until the very end. Juno. <laughs> And then Mark's battle in the Death Star dealt heavily damage to the battle station and caused the setbacks on the operation and zero a AB- uh, BBY shortly before the Death star's eventual destruction in the battle of Yavin. Vader stated that no one would stop the Galactic Empire's operation, in the Death Star this time in allusion to Merrick's battle there two years prior. There
0: will be no one to stop us this time is the quote mm-hmm. that Vader says. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's just the way this story like tied in. This is what I love about external media. Sometimes I love when external media enhances a story, but isn't required to understand the story. Like you can still understand Star Wars and everything that goes on without playing The Force Unleashed. You don't need that to understand the main stories of the pre of the Skywalker saga. But it makes it made it so much more meaningful, right? To know that story. Yep. Going in,
1: like with legends, with the legends timeline and everything, this and during its time as a game, showed so much more like meaningful behind the rebellion, and what it truly meant. With like, yeah, you can watch the like see the original trilogy, and it's like okay, you understand it. But like when you play this game, it's just like. I like you f- truly get a better grasp on like the sacrifices the rebellion has made right. to fight against the empire, and like
0: a lot of people will point to sometimes and say about like there's too many Jedi that survive Order City sixty six, um, but even Mace winter cites that at the beginning of the Clone Wars there were ten thousand Jedi Knights.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or something, or something like like that was the number that has been established. If one percent of them survived, Order sixty six. That's a hundred Jedi Knights.
1: Yep, that's still a lot.
0: <laughs> right, like yeah. so, it's pos- It's greatly possible, um, especially like with like the fact that they were supposed to send out a distress call that would bring all of the Jedi back to the temple. Mm -hmm. The fact that Obi-Wan is able to disable that and send out a similar message or a contrary message ensures survival of others. Like, there's at least... I think it's very likely that at least 100 Jedi Knights survived Order 66.
1: Right. And then, like... This is canon and Legends uh, that we're going over because this is in both... Mm-hmm. Uh, with con- with canon wise, we've only seen like what like a dozen, maybe two, like three handfuls.
0: Right. Because I
1: don't really count. I don't count. Ezra is
0: not a. Ezra is not a no, survivor. He, he's not a survivor of Order
1: sixty six.
0: So, canon, Ahsoka, Cal Kestis, Seer Junda, um, and Do- Cordova. So that's about five hmm And you have the main
1: ones, Yoda, Obi Wan.
0: Yeah. Um Yoda Obi-Wan. Um various Jedi that we see in like Kenobi mm-hmm. and other thing and other medias like that. Like there are Jedi that survive, and some of them are hunted down in the nineteen years that you know are between that. But like the way and it makes sense to me, like, especially like with Ahsoka. And we know Ezra is gone, but like with Ahsoka surviving and even training Sabine or doing that, like Bail Organa was very much a contingent, as much as a contingency person as Palpatine was. Mm -hmm. He didn't want all the Jedi in one place. Nope. In case they failed. So there would still be
1: Jedi to lead. Yep. But, um, so we do have the last thing we have is behind the scenes. I will. Before we get into that, I will like talk a little bit about Force Unleashed Two with Galen Merrick. Now, it's not. I didn't really include Galen the Force Unleashed Two into his deep dive because technically that is a clone. For one, and two, I mean, there's story to be told, but it's not like story. It's not as heavy story based as the first game. There's story in there, and it's essentially the clone just trying to find his identity. And that that's all it is, really. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's all I really have to say about Force Unleashed 2. It's a fun game right. and everything, but like compared like st- compare the stories, Force Unleashed 1 by far.
0: Um, you can a fun little tidbit in the Force Unleashed 2. If you play on Xbox and you play the Endor DLC, uh, you fight a jedi version of leia at the end that's true and her design and ray's design ray's design is almost an exact copy of leia's design from that game she even has a yellow lightsaber
1: that i never connected the two now granted leia was normally she's normally like seen, wielded a yellow saber in Legends material. That's mm-hmm. typically her color. Um, but I completely forget. Like, yeah, now that you say that, her design in the indoor mission of Force Unleashed Two is almost like a co- like almost a copy and paste to Ray. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is, I think, I like, but it it was just it was just right. fun for me. It's a little fun tidbit. But yeah,
1: but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So behind the scenes, so Starkiller slash Galen Merrick was the first. Uh, was first conceived uh, as what Luke Skywalker would have hypothetically or er, would have become if he had joined Darth Vader at the end of Star Wars Episode Five, The Empire Strikes Back. In the concept arc, Merrick wears what appears to be this uh, some sort of force shackles. The character was also meant to have a Sith title via official mandate from George Lucas, with the considered titles either being Darth Icky or Darth. Uh, insanus, insanius. Uh, however, the Sith title was ultimately dropped altogether as the development team did not like the names proposed by Lucas. Jacob uh, Neon uh, was the character's original name, but was changed shortly before the game's release due to the earlier releases of the novel and the comics. Mark was named uh, Jacob Neon in the German translation of the novel in the French language version of The Force Unleashed. That's interesting, alone. Uh, the PS2 and Wii databank entries also reflect the difference, listing Kinto Merrick as Kinto Neon instead. Hayden Blackman, writer of The Force Unleashed, uh, said the Spike TV interview that his codename began with S. It was later revealed to be Starkiller, a name originally in the early drafts of Star Wars. Uh, Luke Skywalker's name was originally going to be Anakin Starkiller, Galen's surname, Merrick is also a common Polish, uh, Czech, and uh, Slavican given name in the Eastern Europe variant of Marco. While well, the first name Galen is a Greek name that means calm and healer, although it is also the Swedish version word for crazy and mad. And then, before deciding on the Merrick character, other considered ideas for the main character of the Force Unleashed included a Han Solo-like smuggler, a heroic rebel Wookiee, the Last Skywalker, and a gadget-wielding mercenary. Uh, Michael Kirkbride uh, conceptualized the idea that Merrick would die at the end as defeating the Emperor and redeeming Vader was the work of a new hope in Innocent. And the character is based on the voice and appearance of Sam Witwer in the video game adaptation best known for the role as Lieutenant Crashdown in sci-fi's Battlestar Galactica. Merrick's childhood voice and likeness was provided by Zeb Dries. Witwer expressed an interest in appearing in the shelved Star Wars live-action TV series, possibly as Merrick, but the series went unproduced. Dave Filoni considered re Starkiller and in introducing him as an Inquisitor in Star Wars Rebel, which also featured Sam Witwer as Darth Maul, but the idea was never materialized. Yeah,
0: I think his introduction to canon is a little complicated. I think it would yeah. lead to... it would Well, le- one, they'd have to redo his whole story. Because yeah, his, his entire...
1: The- character story, everything for Starkiller to be in Canada, they would just literally have to redo him. He would be a completely different person and character as, as a whole. And I I feel like Dave Filoni is um more on the line of honoring the character as it was introduced and doesn't want to do, like ruin the character to bring him into canon just to bring him into canon.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um but I love Star Killer, I love the Force Unleashed games. If you haven't played them, give them a play. You can get the first one on Switch, Xbox. You can get the second one on Xbox. I don't know if the second one is on Switch or not,
1: but not yet. They haven't announced it no. yet. The, it will, I guarantee you they'll probably port it over, but who knows. Yeah. Um and if you also want to see, like, Sam Witwer, the like, actual, like, character of Starkiller, go watch his interviews because, like, how he got the job is pretty funny because he his entire audition, they had him uh, do the meditation scene. Starkiller finding, like, trying to meditate, and he would always do it different, but the meditation itself, he would always do the same to where he's, like, trying to fit the pieces and like always like he's like white knuckled and everything. And if you mm-hmm. go listen to it, uh, the director asks him, "Is like, why, why you're doing this scene every different, every single time, except for the meditation. Like, why are you doing that the same? He's like, Oh, well he's a Sith. He doesn't know how to find peace. He doesn't know how to do this. And like, he goes in like full on star Wars nerd right then and there. Mm. And then he was told after the, uh, after he got the part and it's like, yeah, you that's when you got the part when you started becoming a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. It's like yes. Wow. So being a Star Wars nerd is uh is good for um some show business stuff. Yeah. So well, thanks for thanks
0: for bringing all of this to us. Uh, we are out of time, unfortunately, for tonight. And so, thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening to the Holocron Histories podcast.
1: And may the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon vs. Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHolohistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com.